so good to be with you. And I want to take this opportunity this evening to thank you for supporting Archbishop Kurtz's newly issued guidelines regarding safety measures at Mass and on the church campus as a whole due to COVID-19. Now I know this, I've gotten enough social media emails to know this. Some of you agree with this decision, some of you don't disagree with this decision because you may think that it's too strict or guess what, or that it's not strict enough. And then there are others who remain neutral in position about it. But it's very true that opinions on prevention regarding COVID, they cover every possible scenario in the spectrum. And it's very clear that a majority consensus has not yet been reached. But I must say, from an archdiocesan perspective, the steps that we are taking now at the parish to ensure your safety resides in the hands of our archbishop, who is our shepherd and our guide, and not the pastor, okay? Um, but I am the designated representative of the archbishop at St. Albert. This is, this is, he is the, he is the pastor of the archdiocese and I represent him. And I would never presume to modify or do anything of the archbishop's decision. That's not my responsibility. But there are things that I would like to do to continue to support and encourage our community to stick together. I've heard to stay together and to love one another. I've heard this from day one, ever since I've been here. The signature trademark of St. Albert the Great has always been a sense of loving community. I've heard that a million times because people believe it and they feel it as well. And we ask people when they join the church, why do you join St. Albert? Why not some other parish? Guess what number one reason is? It's a loving community. It's, we feel at home. We feel like that you love us and you care for us and you want us to be here. Well, it's been that way for many years and I hope that it's always that way. The, the St. Albert family reminds me of what the great philosopher Tertullian said. He said this, when he was referring to Christians, he said, see how they love one another. See how they love one another. That's the beauty of the faith. So what I would like to do in this homily this evening is to encourage you to hang in there and not allow the differences of opinion regarding COVID tear our wonderful perish apart. Now, know this. I'm not saying that it's doing that at this time because it's not doing that at this time. But what I'm trying to do, all that I'm trying to desire is to see that our love for each other will continue to be in the forefront of our minds and of our hearts. That's what's important. Uh, my wish for you as our loving parish is what Jesus said to his disciples. He says, Disciples, they will know you are mine because you have what? Love. You have love for one another. That's, that's the trademark. That's how they're going to know that you belong to me because you love one another even when things don't go well. So what are some things to consider as we work, as we strive to build up our parish family? Far, 
But as you'll see in the, the latter two points, I don't have the clarity that I do in the first two points. These, these two are still, I'm still percolating on them and they're still coming to me, but that's okay. That's, that's our faith. That's the way our faith. Our faith is a formation. It's a thing of developing. And as we enter into more complicated or more difficult types of scenarios and situations, it's not unusual at all to have to dig deeper. You gotta go deeper into the faith. But here's the good, good news about it. When you do, God's already there. What you do is you find that God is already there. I love what David said in the 139th Psalm. He said this, he said, if I make my bed in the depths of Sheol, there, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me your right hand will hold me fast. So we have nothing to fear no matter where we are taken in this life. So the first community builder is this. Practice Christian civility with each other. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen so much bitterness, so much anger, and so much shouting as I have with the decisions about what to do with COVID and how to do safety measures. And I'm not talking about just within the church. Uh, people are on edge. They're, they're really on edge about this. Uh, my brother, he lives down in my hometown, and he sent me a picture this week. Uh, he went to Knoxville to get some tests made, and he went into the hospital at Knoxville, and as you walk in, there's this big banner that's faced, that you're looking at right in the face, uh, let me read a couple of pieces of what this banner said. It says, aggressive behavior will not be tolerated. Examples of aggressive behavior include verbal harassment, abusive or foul language, and threats. Now that was in a hospital down in Knoxville. Uh, when I read that to myself, I thought, has civility flown out the door? Is it, is it gone? Where, where is it? Is it coming back? But then the Lord, the Holy Spirit reminded me of something else. That, that is civility, but there is what's called Christian civility. And Christian civility takes the teachings of Jesus and asks us to apply them at even a deeper level than that of just ordinary uh, civility. You and I, as the people of God, are called to a higher standard. Do you remember the words of Paul that we read here just a couple of weeks ago? He said it perfectly. He said this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. All bitterness, anger, and shouting must be removed from all of you. Instead, he says, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you. And there's a real focus on as God has forgiven you. Uh, it reminded me of a clip. I, I was sort of in a tizzy this week. I thought, well, I'm going to pull out my Jesus of Nazareth movies. So I was, I was watching them, and there was one of the clips in there of Jesus' encounter with the woman who was caught in adultery. And they were bringing, it, uh, bringing her to Jesus about stoning her and how they were making accusations against her. What did Jesus say? What did he say? He said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Well, I thought, 
There's something for us to think about when we think about COVID and we think about being civil and what we say with our mouth. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Well, they all left because all of us are sinners, aren't we? Well, sure. The community builder number two is to be sensitive to the needs of other people. Paul, in his letter to the church at Rome, he makes it perfectly clear. He says, be sensitive to the needs of others. That's exactly what he says. Now, that seems pretty straightforward to me. I don't know about you. But as we heard in that second reading while ago, it was prefaced by my dear brothers and sisters, because that's what we are. Let me say this, my dear brothers and sisters, remember this during COVID. And this is something that I've learned during COVID from, from interacting with some of you. Uh, some people feel judged. They feel singled out and they even feel bullied, especially children today, by the looks and the words of others because they are wearing or they're not wearing a mask. It is amazing how it makes you feel. And you've got to remember this as a Christian. There's a lot of medical reasons why people can or can't wear a mask. It's not our position to judge, but we are to be sensitive to the needs of other people. Uh, maybe this is a good philosophy to live with as a Christian. Assume nothing and don't judge. Instead, just love. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I think that's how you build Christian community. Um, well, that's the first two community builders. But I want to share the two that I'm really challenged with today. I'm going deeper in my faith, and I'll be the first to tell you. I don't have all the answers. But I want to be honest and share with you a couple of things that COVID has brought to my mind that I wonder about. And like I said, I don't have all the answers to it. But I think they're critical to building community and keeping our community thriving and alive. Number three, practice obedience. Practice obedience. Now, in the second reading today, Paul encourages the church to be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he'll go on, as Mike read, uh, to describe that the obedience that exists between Christ and the church, he says, is a great mystery. It is a great mystery. It's, it's difficult. It's hard to understand. But here's something that I've learned from reading the lives of the saints. And you know anything about me, I love to do that. Obedience has always been a major part of the virtue of the lives of the saints. Always has. Didn't mean they liked it, but it's always been a part of the lives of the saints. And what it does is it challenges me to try to understand deeper what it is that they came to appreciate about that. There's so much confusion today. I mean, uh, it's the culture, the society that we live in surrounding the notion of obedience and the church. Uh, I was reading our Sunday Visitor newsletter just last week. Here's one of the headlines. Archbishop grieved, not our Archbishop, Archbishop grieved by disrespectful responses directed at Pope Francis. Pope Francis is the vicar of Christ. Let me, let me tell you that. He's the vicar of Christ. He is Christ on the earth. Now, let me say this. This is where I'm wrestling with all this. I would agree there always needs to be a check and balance system. 
when it comes to power and authority and obedience. It definitely has its place. But remember this. It was Jesus who instituted the church, and it was the Holy Spirit who set it in motion. So there is a place for obedience. I, I truly believe that. But I'm still struggling with that one. The fourth one, final one, is to stay close to the Eucharist. Stay close to the Eucharist. And this really gets to what we heard Deacon Steve in the uh, gospel reading a while ago. Here's what's happening. People are leaving the church today. They're leaving the church because of its position on dealing with COVID. And uh, here's what happens. When a soul leaves the church, the church is wounded because it is considered to be a living communion of saints. So there's a hole, there's a gap that's created, and we should grieve when we see one of our brothers or sisters leaving the church. As a matter of fact, maybe you're thinking about leaving the church right now. Or you know somebody that's thinking about it. Uh, what I want to do, and like I said, I don't have all the answers, is to encourage you to think more about it by reflecting on today's gospel reading and the extreme re importance of the Eucharist in your life. If you go back to the Holy Week, it was Jesus who instituted the church, right? He instituted the church and it was on Holy Thursday that he instituted the Eucharist, the sacrament of the Eucharist, and that the sacrament would come through the church. And then that fast forwards us to today's reading. What does Jesus say? He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. And the disciples said to him, Master, this saying is hard. Who can accept it? And many no longer accompanied him. And so what Jesus does, he looks at the 12 and he says to them, do you also want to leave? Are you going to abandon me? And then Peter, who by that time had already been established as the rock upon which Jesus would found the church, what is he? He replies for the group. He says, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You can think about that for a long time. See, here's the reality. We desperately need the Eucharist. We desperately need the spiritual nourishment of the Eucharist in our lives. And we have to realize that it is provided to us through the church, which Jesus commissioned and set into being. I'm still wrestling with that one. So I'd like to leave you with a couple of thoughts for reflection this evening. First of all, what's one thing that you can do to better preserve the beautiful sense of community that exists at St. Albert the Great? And it is beautiful. And the second thing is this. Reflect upon the beauty and the significance of the Eucharist in your life. God bless all of you. 